Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Palm Sunday and the start of Holy Week. Let's worship together. Come you here, Lord Jesus. 
give life.
Good morning, Lighthouse Community Church. I'm so blessed to be with you here on Palm Sunday. And even though none of you are here with you, we're all here together. Thank you for joining us. I pray that God is blessing you wherever you are. And today's reading is going to be found in Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. It is the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples to say to them, Go to the village of Hedeu, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send for them right away. This took place to fulfill what has been spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See that your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit upon. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet Nazareth in Galilee. see the king of glory coming on the clouds with fire the whole earth shakes the whole earth shakes yeah i see his love and mercy washing over all our sins
Church and happy Palm Sunday. Uh, today is the beginning of the Holy Week that will lead us into Easter next Sunday. And uh, because of that, we just recognize that we're gathering with churches all around the world right now to shout Hosanna, to celebrate the coming of our King. And Hosanna, that word is a Hebrew word that simply means save us. And traditionally, typically, every given year, we, we kind of say that not really fully understanding what we're singing right? If we're talking about an enemy, we're thinking of something that probably feels pretty far away. But this year, more than any year that I can recall in my lifetime, it's something that's far, far closer. We're far more aware of what we're crying for God to save us from right now, because we have an enemy that's stalking our streets and is stealing our, our peace. For some, it's stealing their breath. It's, it's definitely stealing the way that we live our life. And so we're crying, shout, we're shouting, Hosanna, save us, God. Save us from the fact that we can't even gather together today, but instead have to join together online. And for those Jews that were in the crowd outside of Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, they had a really clear picture of the enemy they were asking Jesus to save them from as well. But it wasn't a virus. They were looking for him to save them from a nation, the nation of Rome, because they lived under the constant oppressive presence of Roman centurions and soldiers in their streets that dictated where they could go, that often uh, shaped the way that their lives lived on an everyday basis, and soldiers would kill at times randomly for no apparent reason whatsoever. And so when they shouted, Hosanna, save us, they had a really, really clear understanding of what it was they were asking to Jesus to save them from. Because they anticipated that Jesus was their coming king, the one who would reestablish Israel as the most preeminent nation on the planet, that would reestablish the throne of Israel. The reality is, Jesus was their Messiah the long-awaited Savior that they've been waiting for centuries for, but he had not come to save them from a nation. Hadn't come to save them from Rome. He hadn't come to save them from a virus. Or suppose he did. The virus he was coming to save them from, however, wasn't COVID-19, it was sin. And unlike COVID-19, it had a 100% death rate. Every single person that was infected with sin, which was every single man, woman, and child that had breath in their lungs, was infected. And they would die separated from their creator. And their creator, God, was not willing to allow that to happen. So he sent Jesus to save them from that enemy. Not from Rome and not from a virus. And that's what we celebrate today is the coming of our king, the coming of our savior. And typically on a day like today, we start with our kids coming down the aisles with palm branches and singing Hosanna. And I really am really sad 
kids, that you weren't able to be here today to lead us in that. But I still prepared this morning with you in mind. This is going to be a family service because I want you to participate with us just as much as your parents, just as much as your grandparents. I want you to be a part of this. And so what I want to do today is I want to step back and I want to try to, to experience Palm Sunday from a new perspective. The perspective of somebody who was in that crowd, in fact, front and center to the entire thing was an eyewitness of it. And yet I, for one, have never heard a word upon his lips. And so today I want to give him a voice. And the one that we're going to hear the story of Palm Sunday from his perspective is the donkey that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And kids, this is going to come easy for you because I'm going to tell you a story. And you, you're still creative. Sometimes your parents have forgotten how to be creative, how to use their imaginations. And so I need you right now to get your parents to sit down and to put on their creative thinking caps. And you too, I want you to grab a seat. I'm going to go grab a seat too because you can't tell a story standing up. So go ahead and grab your seat and I'm going to get mine. I found the best storytelling chair I could find. Hopefully this is enough. All right. And I'm going to tell you the story of Palm Sunday from the perspective of Simon the donkey. And by the way, feel free to close your eyes if it helps you to allow your imagination to paint this picture. It was an uncharacteristically busy morning in the usually peaceful village of Bethphage. The town was situated on a hillside that people referred to as the Mount of Olives, and it overlooked the sprawling city of Jerusalem. It wasn't much of a destination. Nobody said, let's go to Bethphage for the weekend. It was just the final rest stop for pilgrims on their way to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. But for Simon the donkey, it was home. He lived here with his mom and their owner. Simon was still young, just a colt really, though he didn't see himself that way. After all, he was almost a year old. Why, before long, his owner would be riding him into the city to get supplies. He just knew it. But today, Simon was distracted by the number of people walking along the road heading into Jerusalem. He asked his mother what was going on. That's right. This is your first Passover, she brayed to her son. Every year at this time, people head into the city for a great feast to celebrate the time that God saved his people. It must be that time again. Simon grew excited. He'd heard of the Passover, the greatest feast day of the year. But this was his first time getting to experience it firsthand. In his curiosity... Simon began to wander toward the road so that he could watch the pilgrims passing by. As he drew closer, he began to overhear bits of their conversations, and all of them seemed to be talking about the same thing. Apparently, some rabbi named Jesus had raised a guy from the dead one village over. That must have been quite a sight. Simon wished he could have seen that. In his excitement to hear more, he began to follow a pilgrims down the road, eavesdropping on their conversation as they went. Suddenly, he heard the gruff voice of his master behind him. There you are, you naughty donkey. Busted. Simon hung his head in embarrassment. 
This wasn't the first time he'd wandered off. But what did they expect? He was curious, and the world was so much larger than his little village. Simon's owner led him back home and then tied both Simon and his mother to a hitching post to ensure that the little donkey wouldn't wander off again. Simon tried to look properly sorry for getting them both in trouble, but his mind was preoccupied with the thought of a man who could raise people from the dead. The day passed quickly, with Simon lost in his thoughts, until his daydreaming was interrupted by a couple of men in dusty robes who were walking down the street towards him. They must have been pilgrims because Simon had never seen them before. There it is, just as the master told us, one of the men said to the other. Then they boldly walked up to Simon and began to untie him. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Simon's owner yelled. The Lord Jesus is coming and he sent us ahead to get a colt for him to ride, one of the men replied. Surprisingly, Simon's owner complied. Apparently, he'd also heard of the man who could raise people from the dead. He even sent Simon's mother along in case Simon wasn't strong enough to carry Jesus, but Simon knew he would be. The men led Simon and his mother out to the road where a ragtag group of men and women were waiting. One of them threw a cloak over Simon's back, and then another, a man who didn't look all that different from the rest, climbed on. This must be the rabbi that everybody was talking about, though he didn't look all that special to Simon. The group began to make their way down the Mount of Olives and across the Kidron Valley, heading toward the gates into Jerusalem. Simon and his mother were in the lead, and as they drew near, crowds began to whisper, It's him! Here he comes. Simon was surprised that they even noticed him. After all, this was the first time he'd been out of the village. One of the pilgrims ripped a palm frond from a nearby tree and laid it on the ground in front of Simon. Then another followed suit. Still others began to lay their cloaks down on the ground in front of him. And all the while, the crowds began to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Simon didn't know what those words meant, but he knew that they were directed towards him. Simon was amazed at this unexpected welcome. I mean, he knew he was special. His mom reminded him of that always. But never in his wildest dreams would he have expected this sort of reception. The crowd of onlookers grew larger and larger as Simon and his mother made their way into the gates of Jerusalem. Each step he took was upon a cloak or a palm frond that had been laid at his feet. And all the while, he was showered with the cries of, Hosanna! He could get used to this. The sun was setting as Simon and his entourage made their way into the city. When they came to the temple, Jesus promptly slid off of his back and the group of pilgrims made their way inside while Simon and his mother were led to the nicest stable he'd ever been in. Okay, it was the only stable he'd ever been in, but who's keeping track? He and his mother spent the night there, though Simon barely slept. He was just too excited. In the morning, he was up before the rooster crowed. He couldn't wait to bask in the adoration of the people again. And shortly after first light, Simon's owner came to collect him. Simon was surprised that his owner didn't sing his praises, but perhaps he was just waiting till they got home. 
As they made their way through the streets of Jerusalem and out the city gate, Simon waited to hear people shout, Hosanna! But the cries never came. They crossed the Kidron Valley and began to make their way up the Mount of Olives, passing pilgrims along the way. But for some reason, none of them stopped to lay a cloak or a palm branch on the dusty road in front of them. They must not know who I am, Simon thought to himself. Just wait till I get home. The villagers must be preparing to throw me a welcome home party. But as they entered Bethphage, nobody looked up from their morning tasks. Nobody so much as waved at him. Simon's heart was filled with confusion and disappointment. But he did his best to hold it in. After all, he was almost a year old. And he was kind of a big deal. His owner led him and his mother back to the hitching post and tied them up again. Now, maybe it was the familiarity of being home or the indignity of being treated like a common donkey, but Simon could no longer hold his emotions in check. He began to cry. What's wrong, my son? His mother asked. (laughs) I don't get it, Simon replied with salty tears rolling down his cheeks. Yesterday, everybody loved me. Today, it's like they don't even see me. What did I do wrong? His mother smiled as she comforted her son. Oh, my child, she whispered in his ear. You did nothing wrong, but you misunderstood. It was never about you. You know, one of the things that I love so much about our God is that he uses unexpected, undeserving people to bring about his purpose and his plans. I mean, he used a shepherd boy to face down a giant and to lead his people. He used a a bunch of fishermen and, and a tax collector to build his church and ultimately to share the gospel. And we're the recipients of that. He used a donkey to declare to the world that he was the Messiah, their coming Savior. And he uses people like you and me. And I love the fact that God uses us. But just like Simon, we need to resist the temptation to begin to think that it's about us. Because at the end of the day, what God does in and through us is 100% about him. It's not about us. And so when people begin to shout our praises, when people begin to shout Hosanna, we need to make sure that they are pointing to our God as opposed to us. And when people begin to cry, save us, we need to make sure that people are, are looking to our Father God as opposed to looking to us because I don't know about you, but I can't save anybody. Only God can. And he does regularly. We've all experienced that. We have tasted and seen that he is good That he has the ability to take hurting, broken lives where we find ourselves in the midst of dark valleys and his presence leads us through those things. And we have hope that regardless of what happens, no virus is going to get the last word. Our God does. He's the one who saves. And so we don't want people to look to us to be their security. We want them to look to them, to him. But you and I still have a part to play because we get to be the ambassadors of hope. In the same way that Jesus sent out his disciples and said, go be my witnesses, we get to be his witnesses in our spheres of influence. And right now is a little different, right? 
because we can't be out in the regular places that we normally go telling people about him. But that doesn't mean that we cannot be his witnesses. You are interacting with people on social media. You're interacting with people as you go to the grocery store. Maybe some of you, if you go for a walk around your block, you're seeing neighbors. We are still Jesus' witnesses. And how we walk through this season declares our trust in him. And it points people to the one that we have found our hope in. And so this week, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Easter, I want to invite you to go into it with the mindset that Jesus is not only inviting you to prepare your hearts, but he's inviting you to invite others to come alongside of you. And there's a couple of ways that we can do this. The first is that we need to be a people of prayer. Prayer is powerful. It changes things. It connects our heart to the heart of our Father. And so I want to encourage you throughout this week to pray. And there's a couple of ways that you can join with us in praying. The first way is to go to PrayCostaMesa.org. And you can sign up for a one-hour slot. We're doing a prayer chain from now all the way until Easter Sunday, 24 hours a day, all seven days of this week. And so I want, to, I want to challenge and encourage you, even if you've already done it, do it again. Go to PrayCostaMesa.org and sign up for a one-hour block to pray for our city, for our nation, and for our world. Additionally, on Wednesday morning at 7 a.m., we, the Lighthouse Community Church, are going to gather for a Zoom prayer meeting. And I want to invite you. Last week, we had about 25 people who joined in. I, I hope that more of you will join us. I will be sending out that link to you in our mailings. If you're not receiving our, our mailings from Lighthouse, all you need to do is email pastor at lighthousecommunity.com. We'll make sure you get signed up and you can get all of the, the Easter week things that we're going to be sending out. I'm going to be doing a daily devotional throughout this week. You'll make, we'll make sure you get that as well as all of the information on how to join us for prayer. And then on Friday at 4 p.m., we're going to have a Good Friday service. And I, ha- I need to tell you, Good Friday is without a doubt one of my very favorite services that we do all year. Because Easter doesn't make sense without Good Friday. We need to recognize the cost of what it cost for us to be reconciled, to be restored back into relationship with our God. And Good Friday is the day that we recognize how Jesus willingly walked to the cross. And I want to invite you to come. And I will tell you that this year is going to be unique because typically we do communion and this year we want to do communion as well but it's going to be strictly BYOC, bring your own communion. So you need to make sure that you get a a piece of bread, maybe a loaf of bread um, and some juice or some wine, whatever it is that you feel comfortable with and bring those and have those elements ready on Good Friday so that you can join with us in taking communion. And then Easter Sunday at 10 a.m., we are going to gather to celebrate online as we celebrate the fact that the grave doesn't get the last word. Our God does. And so I pray that you will join me. I'm just going to pray and we're going we're to spend a little bit more time in response. And we respond in a couple of ways. One way that we respond is through singing songs and we're going to do that right now. But another way that we respond is through bringing both our, our offerings, our financial gifts, as well as our prayer requests. God, here's what I'm carrying. I don't want to carry it alone. And I want to encourage you to share both of those with us because we want to carry those things with you. If you want to give, you could do so from our webpage, lighthousecommunity.com. There's a link to give right there. And if you want to share a prayer request, 
All you need to do is email pastor at lighthousecommunity.com. Let us know what you are holding on to, and we will join with you in praying throughout the week for those things. But I want to thank you for worshiping with us today. And we're going to continue. Don't log off yet, because we're going to respond now. So let's go ahead and respond as a family. Free. 
So I understand that we have been having some technic, technical difficulties with our, our live stream today, and I apologize for those. We're going to try to work out the kinks. This is our, you know, our first time in this. Uh, we're, we're pretty new to it, but know that this live stream will be uploaded within about an hour or so uh, to our Facebook page, and you can get to that Facebook page from lighthousecommunity.com. Um, and so I hope that you will make sure that you come back and watch that later. And I, because uh, it was a shorter day, we just want to take a little bit longer to worship. So we're going to worship with one more song as we shout, Hosanna, save us to our Father God. Let's worship together.
love you guys very much, and we're really grateful that we get to be family together separately. And so let me pray for us, and then we're going to go. But I look forward to interacting with you throughout this week, both with prayer on Wednesday, Good Friday at 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon, and then 10 a.m. Sunday morning for our, our traditional Easter service. Father God, we love you, and we thank you so much for sending your Son to save us. And today we shout Hosanna because we look to you and we know that you are the only one that can save us. You are our Father who is in heaven and you stand above our momentary circumstances. You're not overwhelmed by them. You're not surprised by them. You're in the midst of them with us and yet you are above them as well. And so we entrust our lives to you. We will follow you through this dark valley shrouded in the shadow of death that we find ourselves in right now. But we pray, God, that you would glorify yourself and you would lead us through for your name's sake. Jesus, we pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Have a wonderful day.